Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire Northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our December 31st edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Uh, welcome aboard. I hope you had a great Christmas. Uh, I know I did, and uh, looking forward to a very good new year. We always start off a year with a prayer, and today we'd like to pray for one of our listeners whose wife is in the hospital right now. Um, so in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, we ask that you uh, be with Bobby's wife, that she, she be in uh, good care right now, that everybody dealing with her, um, and especially her, be granted the Holy Spirit to come upon him and stay with him and guide him throughout this time, so she'll be able to heal and also have a very good New Year as well. Bless her husband, and bless all of our listeners, um, uh, that they have, they have the lives that you want them to have, and they have the bravery and the courage to live those lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, yeah, I pray for uh, I pray for that family. I hope that you will keep that family in your prayers as well. Life is a gift. Every day that we have is a gift. And I appreciate all y'all who prayed for my mother. She's recovered almost fully now. And uh, when we really thought she was on her deathbed. So um, I think she thought so too. And so I'm very, very grateful uh, to all of you, and, uh, and I'm grateful to the show. It's obvious we're reaching a lot of people. Keep running into people all over the state. I, I bring my team all over the state, especially this time of year, to get them used to um, different venues and different teams and different referee crews. And uh, uh, it's just nice when I run into people that's like, oh, yeah, we listen to your show, we listen to your show. And um and it just helps me to be able to keep on going, you know? Okay, um, on tonight's show, we're going to kind of go over some of the, a lot of the stuff that's been going on, a lot of the big games that have been played. I think the playoff picture is starting to shape up, even though the district pictures aren't yet settled. Uh, but a lot of people are starting to see the cream, and the cream is starting to rise to the top. Now, a lot of other teams are seeing that if you're going to be able to compete with those teams, uh, you're going to have to up your game. My team's one of those teams. We found out uh, the other day playing Holy Cross that uh, – there's a reason why they're, they're ranked number one, and uh, and we need to work harder. And so uh, we are going to be doing that. I promise you that. Some teams are going to pack it in. It's just up to the coach and to, up to the players. I, I suggest not packing it in. Um, when the season's over, you'll regret it. Uh, you only have – Another month of soccer left until the playoffs, and then we have to wait a long, arduous offseason before we get to enjoy high school soccer again. So even though a lot of us are in the grind, grind through it. It's a good grind, you know. I'd much rather do this than anything else. And, um, and so uh, look at the challenges that you have and look at those opportunities to learn and become better, uh, not just as a soccer coach or player, but uh, as a person. You know, uh, it really, really does work. Okay, we always start off with the girls. Let's let's do that. Um, well, I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna go pay some bills first. I want to tell y'all this. One of our list, a couple of our listeners, have come up with a great, great idea. Okay, and uh, we're we're in flushing it now. We're trying to get it done. 
uh, right now as we speak, uh, especially with this time that I have off from school, and it's to make uh, Monday Night Football's Facebook page a hub, a hub where uh, you could uh, be Facebook living your son or daughter's game uh, from the stands. It's a place where everybody in the state can access that game, um, where we'd have like like ESPN has ESPN one, ESPN two, ESPN three channels. We'll have the same where you can, uh, uh, if you're one of our, or if you're one of us and you're a trusted member, you know where we could just go ahead and watch. You can broadcast your game on this stream so that everybody knows exactly where to go. A lot of you have been doing that, Facebook living your games. I don't know how legal that is. I'm working on that with a lawyer, uh, but I'm pretty sure as long as both schools are okay, okay with it, it's and and there's no rights involved, then it's good to go. Technically, there was some gray area with the state championship games. People Facebook gliving them, and there were rights with the National Federation of High School uh, High Schools. And I don't know if they realized that. I don't know. Uh, I saw the NFHS people kind of cringing, but we're really in this new era where you don't know exactly what you can do uh, with somebody taping a game on the phone. But when it comes to the majority of our games, there's no rights involved. And uh, and it would be a really good place for all of us to be able to find games that we weren't even looking for, okay? That's why I like to be on the radio. It'd be a place where non-soccer people can just show up and find soccer out of the blue and all of a sudden realize, hey, this is pretty cool, you know? Um, I still dream of going back on the radio waves. But for right now, uh, this is where uh, God has me planted and planted well, and uh, we have been flourishing, and this is going to be another way we can actually flourish. Now, we'll be able to uh, televise your game via Facebook Live. We have equipment. That's one thing good about Dulles High School is that I have advanced video equipment. And uh, along with the studio um, that I'm recording in. And so uh, we could do a good job. I just don't want to do a job. But at the same token, you know, if somebody really in Ruston, Louisiana, wants to watch Live Oak um, play Jesuit, okay, which happened a couple of weeks ago, um, that, that's an interesting game. But they're never, not going to drive four hours to go see it. And, and so they can watch it and they can see how it goes. Of course, I know what you're thinking, all you coaches out there. Yes, now I can scout with a lot less uh, miles on my tires. That's one of the downsides of it if you are an opposing coach. But if you're a regular coach, I'm sure that uh, this is music to your ears. I have to go scouting on the second. I got to cover the, the entire bottom boot of Louisiana for the most part. Uh, and and so it will make scouting a lot easier for people, which is kind of not fair. But that's just how it goes when you're on TV. Okay. Uh, and I'll tell you, coaches out there, you can watch the game on TV, but it still doesn't show you the big picture. It doesn't show you the strife on the kids faces, the uh, angst or the ease that they're having on the sidelines, uh, uh, you know, and also what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break is the weather conditions. The weather conditions this year have have never been topped. I've always had, we've always had bad weather. I mean, I know that, but uh, uh, having two tournaments canceled, uh, two, two, uh, a game after game after game canceled and us having to find turf fields. And then what we didn't have canceled, like uh, the St. Louis tournament, uh, if your team didn't know how to deal with wind issues, uh, the wind wound up winning a lot of the games. The most valuable player or the woman of the match of the of the uh, Louisiana showcase was the wind. 
and uh, and how how you dealt with it or didn't deal with it. So um, this has been a very environmental season. Um, uh, and yes, a lot of the teams that are probably better on with their skill level uh, lost a lot of games this year, or tied a lot of games. Okay, you have evidence with that with Holy Cross uh, in the uh, in the showcase tournament, and us as well, De La Salle, and saw lots of teams that really had a hard time because because of the wind. Okay, um, uh, so. It's an issue. Uh, it's an issue. We're not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna explain coaches how you deal with the wind, um, but it but it is an issue that that we're dealing with, uh, especially with these power rankings and not missing any games and and, and the like. So we'll talk about uh, all the games that have happened, uh, all the games that have been dealt with uh, with the, with these canceled tournaments and and. Um, Anything you would want to talk about, uh, you're always welcome to get in touch with me at aderitter at laprepsoccer.net. Uh, aderitter at laprepsoccer.net. I got a communication from Sparky the Clown, which I don't totally understand. Sparky, if you are listening, could you please email me back and explain your comment on LA Prep Soccer? Anyway, all, all comments are welcome. When you stop learning, you're through. Um, and also, you can get in touch with us again on our uh, Twitter page. That's M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L. Or I don't hide behind fake names and aliases. Uh, uh, my number is 504-577-3131. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll talk about the girls on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 1015. Hello and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter. I'm the head soccer coach for the boys at Dole Sal and Director of Coaching for Soccer Innovations of America. Um, and we're going to focus this uh, segment on the girls. And um, and really one thing that just jumps out at me with Division One girls uh, is uh, really uh, what sticks out at me really uh, uh, throughout is that in the top teams, I, I don't uh, – see anybody who has gone unscathed um might be undefeated but there are at least a lot of ties out there and i guess that's how soccer was meant to be and uh there there haven't been uh any team just there hasn't been any team that just ran away with it all okay um right now in division one mandeville's power ranking is number one Saint scholastica and this is uh, as of as of press time um, Mandeville has won, St. Scholastica is second, West Monroe is third, with C.E. Bird fourth, North Shore is fifth, and uh, they've had a remarkable season. Dominican is sixth, they're right, they're right around there, they're nine, three, and three. St. Joseph seventh, Acadiana eighth, Mount Carmel nine, and Thibodeau tenth. Okay, Thibodeau, man, um, it's good to see them up there in the top ten. Uh, with the big girls, uh, but for the most part, except for uh, uh, well, really, uh, uh, 
there's no surprises. West Monroe uh, kind of will be a surprise to a person who doesn't know soccer. But I think that they're going to be a tough out. I mean, right now, West Monroe is sitting 11-2-1. Uh, and one. and uh, so they are uh, they are legit. In the bottom 10 of Division One. Um, I'll just read those out one one through uh, eleven through twenty. Baton Rouge, Sulphur, Dutchtown, Fountain Blue, Barb Walker, Captain Shreve, Alexandra, Lafayette, and Como. All right, in Division Two, uh, in Division Two, the top teams. The first one on the list is St. Thomas More. I'm going to go play their boys uh, uh, on the on Thursday. Excuse me, Friday. Uh, Lakeshore is second. Central Lafouche, a lot of people who thought would win the whole thing, but the power ranking is third. It's not it's not far off, okay, uh, uh, but St. Thomas Moore's is uh, about two points better. So Central Lafouche is third, Neville is fourth, Sam Houston is fifth, Destrehan is sixth, Terramone is seventh, Live Oak is eighth, Washita Parish is ninth, and Central of Baton Rouge is tenth. Okay, so... Um, now playing the games are another animal. Putting the uh, putting the games on the brackets are another animal, and playing through all the adversity of the playoffs is another animal. Okay, but with the power ranking, I guess, does the best job of just saying who belongs where. I get in. I I, I get that, and I'll live. With, I'll live with the results. You know. Uh, now in Division Two, um, ranked eleventh through twentieth, State Power Ben Franklin is eleventh. Parkway, Chappelle, Archbishop Chappelle, excuse me, Franklinton, West Washita, Minden, Ruston, Bell Chase, and Woodlawn. Now, I know the Bell Chase girls. Uh, I'll be glad to hear that. Uh, and they've had a pretty hard schedule, but get this. They, yeah, they're 7 5 and 2. So in Division 2, it's wide open, uh, and a lot of teams from all over the state are involved. Now in Division 3, uh, I kind of try to explain to my kids at the showcase tournament that when it comes to Division Three and Division Four, the upper echelon of those divisions can play with Division One and Two, and not just play with them, but beat them. And uh, I get a lot of heat for that uh, on the show. Uh, a lot of emails back saying, "Why? Why do you keep saying that?" But I've seen it. I've seen it this week. I played Barkview Baptist after, which is a. Uh, uh, a very very good team uh, that's not in Division One. They're in Division Three, and uh, and I thought that they were um, better than the Division One team we played uh, before that in a, in a doubleheader. Um, yeah, we tied them, but but uh, when I when I go to play a Division Three or Four team, unless it's a bottom, okay, the bottom of the bracket kind of kind of lacks, but the top does not. Okay, listen to these teams and tell me if you're a girl, you want to have any part of these teams. Vanderbilt Catholic, University Lab, Turlings Catholic, and St. Louis. Okay? Yeah, who's Which one of those four are going to win state? Uh, any of them can, but they could all lose it too because this group uh, chasing right behind them. Erath is fifth. Archbishop Hannon is sixth. North DeSoto is seventh. Cabrini is eighth, Holy Savior Menard is ninth, and Cecilia is tenth. Okay, being a New Iberia native, it's really, really cool to see all these Acadiana area teams now not just having soccer, but but playing well. And um, congratulations to all you Cajun ladies out there. Uh, from 11 to 20, it's Edie White, 
Parkview Baptist, DeRitter, South Beauregard, David Thibodeau, Lusher, Lusher Charter, excuse me, Franklin Parish, Haynes Academy, Appaloosas, and St. Michael the Archangel out of Baton Rouge. So those are your uh, top 20 um, in the power rankings. Um, uh, when it comes to Division Four, uh, Loyola Prep is number one. But everybody, uh, wake up and smell the coffee. Homa Christian is number two. Homa Christian's kind of new in the, in in the world uh, of um, being with the um, you know big shoulders, but uh, they're there. They're fourteen zero and two. Okay, uh, Sterlington is three. Episcopal School of Acadiana is four. Christ Episcopal is five. Isidore Newman is six. Louise McGee is seventh. Catholic New Iberia is eighth. Pope John Paul II is ninth, and Washita Christian is 10th. Now in the bottom 10, Patrick Taylor, Academy of the Sacred Heart, that's in New Orleans, Ascension Episcopal, North Lake Christian, Calvary Baptist, St. Frederick's Episcopal, uh, that's out of Baton Rouge, Evangel Christian, Grace Christian, and St. Martin's Episcopal are your bottom 10. Okay, and look, man, they in this division, there are 43 teams which is awesome, okay? Uh, it really is an honor to be able to get to the playoffs in Division in Division 4 with that many teams. Uh, division 3 is 38, Division 2 is 44, and uh, Division 1 is 41. So, um, yeah, we have those buys. We could talk about those buys. I'm sure we will talk about those buys in February, that why do we have all these buys when these other teams can get that playoff experience? Even though most of the most of the teams that will go play against the top seeds will get mowed over, uh, it's still an experience that you can build upon. And uh, I kind of would like to see no buys in the first round, uh, but um, that's another show for another day. Anyhow, we have still a lot of soccer to be played uh, when it comes to girls' soccer, and um, and the the end is not um, uh, the end. Let's put it this way: we don't have everything yet uh, um, established, okay? We still got a long, long way to go, okay? Uh, so I'll keep up with everybody and all the games and all the weather. Uh, distribute, uh, we've had a lot of teams that are now going to have to play their games in January, which can get dicey if you've got to play like three games in a row. Um, so that's going to have an effect on the power rankings as well. Um, so we still have a lot of drama left to, left to, uh, left to witness. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about boys' soccer, the boys' uh, power 10, and then I want to talk to you a little bit about refereeing on Monday Night Football, the voice for youth soccer. This is Coach Alan Durrett. I'll see you after the break. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future, and of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook, or call us at 504-577-3131. 
504-577-3131. Hello and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Um, and now we're going to take a look at the boys. Uh, the boys' power rankings uh, are very curious. Um, in the Division One, St. Paul's is number one with a seven zero and three record, but Jesuit is number four with a ten. I mean, excuse me, a thirteen zero and three record. Okay. Uh, uh, a notable result that happened last week was Jesuit tied East Jefferson one one. But how would that put them fourth? And uh, uh, I'd hate to be, of course, uh, you people have to play the four seed. Uh, you'll find out that that's a pretty darn good four seed. I mean, I played them. I haven't played St. Paul's. Not questioning how good they are, for goodness sakes. Uh, they are definitely for real. Now, number two and three is Bird and St. Amant. St. Amant's 11-2-1, and one, and Bird is 10-3-2. and two. And uh, uh, those those schools, uh, it's good to see public schools up in the top five. Uh, uh, I'm a public school graduate, uh, teaching in the Catholic schools for 38 years, so uh, uh, I kind of know both sides of the fence. But uh, it's good that we don't have to split, and the and the and the um, the public schools can hold their own. Uh, case in point, number five is North Shore. They're 10, one, and three. And I'm going to repeat what I said last year. I think they're the most dangerous team in Division One. Okay, I hate to run into them in the playoffs because they have an agenda. They're totally overshadowed by St. Paul's up there on the North Shore, and they're extremely well coached, and um, as as evident by their record. Captain Shreve is sixth. S- seventh is Barb. They're ten one and three. That's the Barb of old, and uh, I haven't seen that for a while. Dunham Springs is eighth. They're eleven two and one. Baton Rouge High is ninth. Uh, they went up one, I guess. Beating they beat De La Salle this weekend. Maybe that's what helped them get up. Uh, I like to think that. But they're now ranked ninth. Uh, and the coaches poll, uh, they're not even in the top ten. And I asked the coach why, and he he just like shrugged his shoulders. I have no idea. Well, let me tell you, I played them. They're big, fast, and strong, and organized. Okay, uh, that's enough. Uh, do I think they're better than Jesuit after playing both of them? No, but I do think they could beat Jesuit on ever get any given day. Okay, if they're on their A game. Number tenth is East Ascension. All right, and the bottom tw- the bottom ten: Slidell, Lafayette, Catholic Baton Rouge, Pineville, Mandeville, who's now starting to get their act together. Uh, I'm going to go see them on Friday. Airline, Fountain Blue, Dutchtown. Alexandria and Zachary. Okay, so those are your top twenty. Some really interesting teams not uh, going to the playoffs if the playoffs were held today. You know, uh, most notable Brother Martin, uh, Bonneville, Grace King, Hanville. I saw Hanville; they didn't look so bad. Acadiana. Now Acadiana is considered by the coaches to be one of the best teams in the state. Uh, and they're two six and one. Uh, Rummel's a notable um, uh, team that's not there. Okay, uh, so uh, a lot of really powerful teams might not make the playoffs this year in Division One. Somebody's got to move out of that poll. Uh, it's not only a poll; it's a power ranking. So uh, yeah, high school soccer is so exciting. We'd have to wait and see how it plays out. Still, the Catholic League and the North Shore leagues uh, have got to play their district games. 
And usually that, that leads to a lot of bloodletting. So we'll see what's going on in Division 1. In Division 2, uh, Holy Cross is number one. Uh, Kettle Magnet is now number two. Uh, St. Thomas More, I get to play them Friday. They're third. Uh, Lakeshore is fourth, and they're moving up. Okay, they're 12-3-1. and one. Terrebonne is fifth. Beauchene is sixth. Um, Woodlawn is seventh. Got to see them the other day. Uh, um, their coach is, uh, I don't know if I could talk to you about him without his permission. I'd love to have him on the show. But uh, he's done a magnificent job, Coach Barnes. Um, Ruston is eighth. Benton is ninth. And East Jefferson, if you want to believe they're ranked 10th, you go ahead. They're ranked 10th power ranking-wise. They had a lot of games kind of messed around with the, with these rain-canceled uh, tournaments. Uh, but um, but they just tied St. Thomas Moore and Jesuit this week. Okay, uh, uh, you want to do the math and do all the equations and 0.75 points over this and 0.75 points over that. Uh, but I can't wait till the playoffs where it just comes to, okay, we put the ball on the ground. Let's see who finishes with more goals. Okay, uh, I would hate to run into East Jefferson, which I am going to, too, in a couple of weeks because they're in my district. All right, the bottom 11, Washita, Parkway, Terra, Central Lafouche, Helen Cox is 6-2-1, De La Salle moved up. Uh, we had a really hard schedule this holidays, but it's the power rankings are at least it's paying off for us. We're 16th. Live Oak is 17th. Riverdale is 18th. Central Baton Rouge is 19th, and Houghton is 20th. So, um, y'all in in, in my, my district, okay, we're looking at uh, five of our teams are ranked and. Uh, it's, and district's about to really heat up with us as well. The bloodletting is going to be uh, strong as well. Now, some teams that are notable, one of them is one of the teams in my district, is Ben Franklin. They're 5-3-0. I, I really don't think they're 26. Okay? Uh, uh, the power rankings are 26 because they only played eight games. Uh, most of us played twice that. Um, but uh, as the season plays out, uh, I would be real careful of Ben Franklin. Uh, I think Neville being out of the top 20 uh, is notable. and uh, But other than that, I think the top 20 is pretty representative of our of, of what Division II has to offer. Okay? Now, Division III, uh, no uh, controversy here. You have St. Louis and University and Turlings. Y'all, Turlings is back. They're going to be a dangerous team. They're 7-0-1. University, I saw them. They're typical university, tall, fast, uh, efficient. And St. Louis is St. Louis, well-coached, disciplined, hungry. If you want to see a team that uh, that doesn't let Eagle get in the way, a team that uh, respects their coach fully and executes his game plan, uh, St. Louis is just a joy to watch. It was so much fun playing against them or with them. I would like to use that word instead in the Louisiana Showcase. Uh, uh, it was one of those windy games. They won one nothing, and uh, my guys got so much better. My guys had to crawl off the field playing St. Louis. So St. Louis is on po poised to make another run. Uh, Parkview Baptist is fourth. Now, Parkview Baptist uh, – we just uh, tied them yesterday, a one-to-one. Uh, they're legitimately number four. Loyola Prep is fifth. 
Edie White is sixth, which is kind of a surprise to me. I know they were building this year. Lusha Charter is seventh and uh, got to tie them earlier this year too. And and uh, they might be better than that. North Vermilion is eight. Hannon is nine. St. Martinville is 10. Now on the bottom 10, you have some significant teams as well. You have Saint, you have uh, David Thibodeau, Pearl River, Menard, Haynes. Haynes is six and four, but I, I think that they've been hit with the weather bug too. Uh, they're going to have to make up some games. Um, they, we lost to them two nothing. Yo, I'm telling you, they're good. Uh, DeRitter, North DeSoto, Bozier, and Vanderbilt, 18th. Wow. Um, if you're a soccer person, that's something that you don't see every year. Um, uh, doesn't mean that they're out of it, y'all. They have a lot of pedigree. Um, if they make it in the playoffs, they're going to be a dangerous team to play just because of their experience. Uh, so they're but right now they're two, five, and three. And so um they've only played 10 games. So let's see how it all works out when those and they when the when those games get replayed and they play hard competition. Okay. And um, anybody wants to go to bat with me on that on LA Prep Soccer, go ahead. I, th I don't think you get better by playing weaker teams. You get better by playing better teams. And Vanderbilt never shies away from doing that, although you can get stung with, uh, with these power rankings doing it. Noma is 19th and International High is 20th. I'm kind of proud of Noma. A lot of my, my Soccer Innovations players are on that team. And the bottom on um, – uh, so anyhow – if the playoffs were held today, those teams would make it. Now, in Division Four, Episcopal uh, School of Acadiana is ranked number one. I won't rave about how great they are, okay? But they are undefeated. Episcopal Baton Rouge is second. Uh, I will rave about them. They are strong. They look really, really good. Sterlington is a team I have not seen that I would love to see. Both their boys and their girls are rolling. And whoever's in charge of Sterlington soccer and whoever's coaching these kids club ball, uh, my hat's off to you. The proof's in the pudding. Newman is fourth. Pope John Paul II, my nephew's on this team. They're fifth. Catholic New Iberia is sixth. North Lake Christian is seventh. St. Thomas Aquinas is eighth. Calvary Baptist is ninth. And Lafayette Christian is tenth. All right. Um, now, in the bottom ten, Rapids. St. Frederick's, Dunham, Ascension Christian, Evangel, Homa Christian. Hey, uh, let me tell you this. Fisher, Fisher down on Lafitte. Um, I got a chance to scout Riverdale playing them, and they tied Riverdale, y'all. And uh, they have a forward on Fisher's team that that uh, could start on most of our teams. Um, he, he drilled a shot from far distance, and, and uh, he's really fun to watch. And uh, but most of these kids at Lafitte, they're, they're not going to go play soccer anywhere for clubs. So it's something to see that this team, they got three coaches and they really, really, really are organized. Glenn Moore is 18th. Essential Episcopal is 19th. And Westminster Christian is 20th. Now, the other teams that would be going to the playoffs if it were held are Christ Episcopal, Country Day, Covenant Christian, and Delta Charter. Yo, Christ Episcopal is 21st. I have a game scheduled against them. And uh, uh, I'm going to tell you this: I, I am I'm nervous about it because they're much better than their record. Uh, I watched them play in the Covington tournament, and they might be going through some injuries or whatnot. But uh, they're four, five, and one. But 
I think I think the weather bug is has hit them as well. Let's see what happens on the next few weeks. Because the next few weeks, we're just going to have to find stadiums to play these games. So I'm really proud that some people uh, have stepped up this weekend to allow other high schools to use their fields. And uh, we're just going to have to have a lot of that if this weather continues. Now, notable teams that uh, are not going to the playoffs in Division Four: um, Riverside Academy, I would say would be one. Um, but but uh, really, there's no surprises there, okay? Um, uh, North Caddo, maybe. Uplisted Catholic, maybe, okay? So if we're going to take all the divisions now, all, all power points aside, uh, it's heavily Division I. Uh, but then Division II is, uh, uh, is up there. St. Louis is one. St. Paul's is uh, – St. Louis, of course, is Division Three. But then you hit the St. Paul's, Bird, St. Amont, Jesuit, North Shore, all right, are two through six. Then Holy Cross is seventh, who could beat anybody in Division I any day. Caddo Magnet, Captain Shreve, and St. Thomas More, my next opponent. Yippee. Okay, they're the ranked 10th power rank. It's just like St. Thomas More is back. All right? So that's a lot of the numbers, but uh, but um, what I'd like to talk to you all about for a minute, I want to get the, uh, the director of referee, the Referee Association here, to try to differentiate and talk about uh, the conduct issues that we've already addressed on this show. But about something else as well is one of the reasons why – I think good coaches make their teams go play all over the state. Isn't just to play different teams, um, although that's that's one of the reasons. But it's also to be able to get re- get used to the different types of refereeing. Y'all, this is uh, Baton Rouge has changed a lot in the last two or three years, and I think that's probably indicative who of the people who are running the referee associations. Um, Homa's been pretty much steady, and New Orleans is pretty much steady. Um, you know, those guys have been around, and you know what to expect. Like, for example, if you're going to go to a New Orleans game, one thing we New Orleans people will tell you, we almost feel like it's a road game for us because they tend to make sure that they're not doing any home cooking. And so they're harder on the New Orleans teams. And they allow a lot of physicality, um, but nothing overt. Like nothing retaliatory or nothing that's just ridiculous. Like I had a, I had in my last five games, I had one of my players chasing a 50-50 ball on a touchline. The other player pushed him out of bounds, fully pushed him out of bounds to get possession of the ball before they were even near the ball and nothing was called. Now, okay, the rest of the game, I would argue, was called that way. So uh let's go with it. You know, that's just how the the game's going to be played there. But one of the frustrating things that we have as coaches is we can't really control the referee association and the way the the rules are being interpreted. And we get used to the rules that we get enforced. So like we New Orleans teams, you know, we know that we rub a lot of elbows down here and nothing's called. Basically, uh, you know, you've got to defend yourself and nothing – no cheap fouls are going to be allowed, like kicks from the back or or the foul that I just described to you there. Uh, that's not allowed for the most part, but but they're going to allow you to hit a little bit. And I'll never forget my uh, last year at Shaw, uh, we were making a run. We ran into Turlings, and we got an official crew, 
that my kids should have been used to. We did travel. I'm not going to point out the actual officiating crew right now on the air. Um, but I had a forward who was uh, – we, we were defending a corner kick against Turlings, and I had a forward defend the way he defends in New Orleans, you know? Somebody puts their elbow on your back. Uh, you defend yourself by just hunkering down. And uh, and this kid dove and and um, after after um, my player pushed not really back, but my player kind of defended himself by pushing against his pressure, and he fell down, got a penalty kick, and the rest was history. You know, uh, uh, that would have never happened in New in New Orleans. He was playing like as if we were in New Orleans, and I blame myself because I, I needed to make sure that they understood that that uh, the way you play in New Orleans isn't the way you can play in Lake Charles, isn't the way you can play in Alexandria or Shreveport. I haven't exposed my kids to Shreveport referees. But the bottom line, in the playoffs, we got to agree on a referee association. And boy, in the ut if utopia was the rule of the day, it really shouldn't matter who referees the game. And, uh, and I'm telling you, in my experience, it usually does matter who's refereeing the game. Okay, uh... I used to not have that opinion um, until I played De La Salle in the semifinals on Endymion Saturday, and the referee crew couldn't get to the game, so some referees who were at the game said that they would call the game because as lo the longer we waited to play, the longer we would run into the Endymion parade. And so uh, we had beaten De La Salle a couple times before, and so I figured, okay, uh, I've seen, I've never seen this referee, uh, but I think all referees will give me a fair shot. We don't cheat. And I think that's another problem too, y'all, is the people who are gamesmanshipping out there. A lot of people are. Uh, you can't deny that. Um, I won't get on a rant about that, but you are teaching your kids how to cheat when they get out of high school if you're teaching them to cheat in soccer. But a lot of teams do cheat, and so therefore the referees are there to kind of differentiate through that. And uh, and I walked off the field losing one nothing with a penalty kick given for absolutely nothing uh, that was, I think, worth a penalty kick. Of course, that's from my point of view. And it just ruined a, a, a great season. And I started thinking from that point on that really refereeing does matter. Most referees are good. No referee can call everything. I encourage the referees every time I get to see them. I thank them for being referees. We can't do this without referees. Um, but I would like to see somehow the referee associations get together so that Let's put it this way. Uh, if a team from Alabama was coming to Louisiana and they were getting any crew from Shreveport to Lake Charles, they would say, okay, well, when you're in Louisiana, you get this kind of uh, officiating. Okay? Uh, our different areas are not the same and not the same at all. And uh, as long as they're consistent, we're good to go. But it's kind of hard to get a team of teenagers to understand that what was fair on Wednesday isn't fair on Saturday. And uh, um, on the good and the bad side, you know? And so um, teach your kids to play fair. Always teach your kids to play fair. Uh, never put another player at risk uh, for a result and let the refereeing go as it may. You can't control the refereeing. That's one of the beauties 
of sport is that you can't control things like, for example, it's raining right now outside. What are you going to do about it? You can't do anything about it. Okay, you can't control the refereeing. Um, uh, you can try. Um, you can try. Some coaches do intimidate referees. I hate when I see that happen. Uh, I'm more impressed with referees that will counter that intimidative style by intimidating them with a yellow card. So uh, referees need to stand their ground and run. It's their game. And, um, um, and I'm for that. And I really like to get the referee association represented here on the show next week. I've invited a few referees to the show this year. Uh, I've always been unable to get them on, but we need to hear their point of view. And their point of view would kind of surprise a lot of you. My two boys were good referees, and they got out of it because they just couldn't handle being cursed at at eight-year-old soccer games. Eight. So there's a lot of pressure, a lot of money. But a lot of pressure, too, that a lot of people just don't want to deal with. And uh, and so for all of you who are refereeing, uh, I thank God for you. I really do. I just beg that all of you be consistent. Uh, admit when you're wrong, but you can't do anything about it. And know that you're going to make mistakes. I make 10 mistakes a game. You're going to make 10 mistakes a game. And let's just everybody roll with that, okay, and deal with the mistakes that are made. And uh, uh, life is not fair. It's never going to be fair. And uh, that's just how it rolls. Okay, well, I wish all of you a happy new year. Uh, uh, life's not going to be fair. All right, make the best out of the new year that you can. Don't whine and complain about the things that you think you deserve or the things that don't bounce your way, uh, not just on the soccer field but in life. But make lemonade out of lemons, okay? And just trust that God is with you every step of the way. This is Coach Alan DeRitter, and may God bless you and your families this year abundantly. Carpe diem in Christ. See you next week. God willing. Bye-bye.